Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we continue looking at the mysteries of the Garden of Eden, and Pastor Larry debuts his explosive new book about the COVID-19 crisis. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Whether you're listening on the radio, online, or on our daily podcast, thank you for being here. Your support allows us to bring clarity to the chaos and make sense of the world around us. Thank you. Staff evangelist James Collins and author Carl Gallups are back to continue their look into the truth of Eden's iniquity, why it still matters, and the mystery surrounding what's coming next. The Apostle Paul wrote a warning about the last days in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. There the Bible says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The Bible is clear that the days before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ will be a time of unprecedented demonic outpouring. Today, the world is filled with sexual perversion, rampant pornography, drug abuse, and an increase in occult activities. And we're certainly living in the times that the Bible describes. My guest on the program today is Pastor Carl Gallups, the senior pastor of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida. He is also the best-selling author of The Summoning, Gods and Thrones, Gods of the Final Kingdom, and the book that we're featuring today, Gods of Ground Zero. He's here with me again to talk about demons, Satan, and how what happened in the Garden of Eden directly relates to today's world, our personal lives, our walk with the Lord, and where eternity is in fact headed. Welcome, Pastor Carl. Thanks so much for being on the program with me again today. James, it's an honor. Thanks for having me back. We were getting to this topic yesterday. We have an image of Satan as the boogeyman, a monster, but that's not the way the Bible describes him. Tell me about Satan. Wasn't he an angel of light and the guardian of the garden? Yes. I'm going to go right to the garden first and describe the metaphorical description. Now, I want your audience to hear this. The garden is real. Adam and Eve were real. The tempter was real. The fall was real. The sin was real. Death coming to creation was real because of the real Garden of Eden. But the whole account of it is couched in metaphor. Mm -hmm. And the Bible tells us that. But the only way you would know it would be to be a student of the Word. If all you do is listen to little fluffy stories and Sunday school lessons or fluffy sermons about the garden and the walking, talking snake, and Eve reached up and ate an apple off of a tree limb, and everybody dies now because of that, you're missing the whole point, because almost every element in that account is described throughout the Bible, including out of the mouth of Jesus himself and Paul and Peter, and John, and all through the Old Testament, Isaiah, Ezekiel, they give us the understanding of these metaphors. The serpent was not a walking, talking snake, and I'll prove that here very quickly with your audience, but also the trees and the eating of the fruit. That is metaphorical throughout the Old Testament. Oh, and by the way, Satan, the serpent, being cursed to crawl on his belly. People say, well, if it wasn't a real snake, how did God tell Because the whole thing's a metaphor. And when you go through the Old Testament, you hear God bring curses on nations. 
over and over, saying, you will crawl upon your belly and eat dust. He's given that same curse to kings. I think it's Ezekiel, I think it's chapter 31 or 34. There's a vision of the Garden of Eden again, and it is filled with trees. And Ezekiel is told these trees represent nations, and they represent the emperors of those nations. And one of the trees had set itself up in the Garden of Eden higher than all of the other trees. But then God says, I will cut you down. I will destroy that tree because it has set himself up. Now, I'm paraphrasing all that, but that's right there in Ezekiel. And right before that in Ezekiel 28, we are told where God moves his dialogue here from this picture of the king of Tyre, he transitions it in what's known as a compound prophecy, and many scholars see this and attest to it, and he transitions it into talking about Satan. This was a way of saying the power behind the throne of the king of Tyre, who is wicked to the core, is none other than Satan. And then he shifts it and starts talking about Satan. He said, I put you in the Garden of Eden. You are my guardian cherub. A cherubim, what is that? Well, it's an angelic being. We run into those. Ezekiel 10 tells us that those are called the living creatures. Well, when we get to Revelation chapter 4 and 5, what's around the throne leading worship? The four living creatures, cherubim. That's what Satan was. He said, I put you there. You are the guardian cherub. You are the most beautiful, the wisest, the most stunning of every creature I ever made. And I put you there. But you, by your corruption, you brought it down. And then he tells him, he says, I'm going to reduce you to ashes. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but anybody can go read Ezekiel 28 and see that I'm telling the truth. So, again, Isaiah 14, it starts out as a lament against the king of Babylon, but then it transitions. And then you said in your heart, I will exalt myself. I will rule over the heavens and the earth. I will sit upon the throne of God. I, 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 the five I wills of Satan, Lucifer, the son of the dawn. And then he goes on to say, but I will bring you down to the depths, to death, to Sheol. You will die like a human man, like that. So we see all of these allusions, but here's the thing. You've got trees as a metaphor. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 7. He says, beware in the last days of the false prophets. Here's how you will know them. Does a good tree produce bad fruit? No. Does a bad tree produce good fruit? No. You judge them by their fruits. Judge what? The trees. Well, trees? No, they're people. They're people but they're being used metaphorically. Get into the book of Song of Solomon, and we're told there's a verse in chapter 2 that says, And I love to sit under the shade. My lover is like an apple tree, and I love to sit under his shade and eat his fruit. Well, we know that that's a real person that's being described, a man and the woman that just loves to be in his presence, loves to hear everything he says and does, loves to hug his neck and to cuddle up next to him. It's a metaphor. Trees and fruit, they're found throughout the Scripture, and they start, they're presented in Genesis 3. So that whole thing is presented metaphorically. I think so that, think about it, an 11-year-old is starting to read the Bible. What if they came to chapter 3? And it just spelled out black and white, the utter degrading filth of what happened there. Mm -hmm. No parent would let their kids read it, and the kid would probably stop reading it, or even a new Christian. But the way it's worded there, it's something that can kind of grasp the mind of everybody, from a child 
to a theologian and a scholar, but yet it's deeper. It's like a parable, except it's describing a real thing, but it's written metaphorically. Now, for people who are listening, who are still struggling, say, yeah, but all my life I was taught it was a walking, talking snake that Satan had entered into and given power to. Okay, the Bible answers that. We go all the way to the book of Revelation. Again, you have to be a student of the whole word to be able to discern these things. You have to know Isaiah. You have to know Ezekiel. You have to know the Song of Solomon. You have to know what Jesus said in Matthew 7 about trees and on and on and on. But by the time you get to the book of Revelation, chapter 12, it tells us plainly there's a vision that John is given that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden because it speaks of that ancient serpent. Well, what's the most ancient serpent there is presented in the Bible? It's the Garden of Eden, chapter 3 of Genesis. So we know he's going back there, and it starts describing that serpent's ultimate desire was to destroy the male child that will rule the nations. Well, that's Jesus. Okay, now watch. And it says that ancient serpent, comma, the dragon, comma, who is the devil or Satan. Well, there it is. And again, it's letting us know these terms, serpent and dragon, are metaphorical. We hear Satan described as the dragon later on in the book of Revelation, but do we ever know of a walking, talking dragon anywhere in the world? I mean, physically real? Yes, it's in mythology or it's in metaphorical or allegorical presentations, but no archaeologist has ever found the remains of a walking, talking dragon or serpent, or no one ever has heard of or seen such a thing. These are metaphors. These are allegories. And Revelation tells us. When you keep reading chapter 12, you hear that the dragon also spews water out of his mouth and eats children. So the Bible's telling us that was Satan. The reason he's described, he's being described in his characteristic, he's like a snake. What do we say about people who are liars and deceivers? Look at that snake in the grass over there. Okay, The Hebrew word for serpent is nachash, and the Hebrew dictionary clearly says it can be a literal snake or a human being described as a snake-like personality. So that's exactly what we're talking about. Then we have the fact that Satan is presented very clearly as a serpent and a snake. But guess what else happens in the book of Revelation? Jesus is presented as the lamb and the lion. <laughs> he's described as the lion of Judah. And 33 times he's called the lamb or the lamb of God. Now, did Jesus ever enter into a lamb and it walked and talked? Did Jesus ever enter into a lion and it walked and talked? No, those are metaphors. You have metaphors for the personality of Jesus. He can be both the lamb that is sacrificial and the lion that comes back roaring and defeating everything before it. Satan is like a serpent and a dragon. So when we come to Genesis 3, you've got to know the whole word. Ezekiel 28 tells us what he was. I put you in the garden. You were my guardian cherub, and you defiled it. You profaned it. Does that help, James? Amen. Yes, sir. 
My guest on The Watchman on the Wall is Pastor Carl Gallops, and we're talking about his fantastic book, Gods of Ground Zero. And you can get this book by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. And this is an excellent study of Genesis 3. You need this book for your library, or you could give it as a gift. Why not give a copy to your pastor? Pastor Carl, let's talk for a minute about Genesis 3.15 the first prophecy concerning the coming Messiah. Would you unpack that verse for us? The very first prophecy of the Bible came out of the mouth of Satan, and it was a false prophecy. Isn't that amazing? When Jesus would say in Matthew 7, beware of the false prophets. They're like trees that present themselves as good trees, but they're offering you bad fruit. Gee, I wonder what image Jesus had in his mind when he was speaking that. Okay, so the first false prophecy was from Satan when he told Adam and Eve, if you'll do this thing, you surely shall not die. You will not die. So he's basically lying to them and telling them a false prophecy. But the first real prophecy, true prophecy of the entire Bible was spoken from the mouth of God himself, Genesis 3.15, when he calls Adam and Eve and Satan, who's still known metaphorically in Genesis 3 as the serpent, but he calls them to account And he hands out his judgment. He tells them what their futures are going to be. And he tells Adam, Adam, you're going to work the ground, et cetera, et cetera, with toil and labor and sweat of your brow. Eve, you're going to continue to have children. But you and everybody after you, they're going to pay the price for it. It's going to be done in pain. It's not going to be the beautiful, blissful, perfect way where there was no pain, no crying, no mourning, like it was before the fall. So everything's going to go on. He also said, you know, death is coming because of this. And that day you will die. And of course, Satan said, you won't die. Well, false prophet. But God, he didn't kill them all that day. He could have, but he didn't. He's going to kill Satan. He's going to throw him into the lake of fire and separate him from us forever in the book of Revelation at the great white throne. But Adam and Eve, they went on to live for seven, eight, nine hundred years. But then they died. And now all humanity has death. So the point is, in the garden, God pronounces his curse upon Satan. Here's the first big prophecy. He says, and from the womb of a woman, a womb of a woman will come a seed, meaning a child. And then he refers to him in the male form. He, he, you will bruise his heel. He will crush your head. So basically he's telling Satan, you know what? I'm going to kill you for this. I mean, that's basically, he says, you're going to do your thing, and you don't know it, but I'm going to use you like a drill instructor. You're going to be my great separator of who's going to be obedient and who's not for thousands of years. You don't even know this. Now, God didn't tell Satan all of this, but we now know from the rest of the biblical text that's exactly what he was doing. But he told him, he said, but in the end... Your head is going to be crushed, your kingdom's going to be crushed, and you will eventually be separated from all of this, from me, from everything that is good and righteous. You will be thrown into the lake of fire, which I believe is an interdimensional experience where he is shut up and sealed up forever. Because it says from there, he and everybody that follows him will be tormented forever. In other words, they're still alive, but they're totally separated. But he says... From the womb of a woman will come a seed. Now, here's the thing, James. When God spoke that, Satan's hair had to have stood up on the back of his neck. Because here's what God did. He told Satan, 
why and how. In other words, you're going to get this punishment because of your sin, and it's going to come through a male child. Well, how's a male child going to get into the world? Oh, the natural way, from a human woman, but there will be billions of human women on the earth before long. That's right. So he's going to be hidden. You're not going to know which one. He didn't tell Satan who or where or when. So the rest of the Bible, we see Satan looking for that seed. And when he discovers that God gives Abraham the promise of through your seed, the whole world will be blessed. Well, who's that? The Hebrew people. Well, from that point forward, we find Satan putting them in slavery in Egypt, putting in the mouth of the Pharaoh, kill all the male children in Egypt. We come through the Babylonian Empire, a bunch of males were killed. The males were taken into King Nebuchadnezzar's court, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why? To change their religion, to change their mind, to change their hearts away from God. The Persian Empire, Haman, was filled with Satan to do what? To just kill all the Jews. Just kill them all. And we just keep moving through history right up to the birth of Jesus, and he enters into Herod to do what? Go to Bethlehem, kill all the male children two years and under. Now I think I've got the seed focused at least to an area and at least to a bunch of kids that were born in the last two years. Go kill them all. So if you understand what happened in the garden and what God told Satan and what God didn't tell Satan, then you understand what happens Everything after that, right on in to the birth of Jesus himself, the crucifixion. Satan thought he was putting Jesus on the cross. Jesus said, Satan has entered into Judas. Judas will betray me to the cross. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 said, if the rulers of this age had only known, they would not have crucified the Son of God. See, the crucifixion was God's plan. The Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. But Satan didn't know that. He stepped right into the trap. So Satan is filled with rage. Revelation chapter 12 says, Woe unto you, earth, in the last days. Satan has been thrown down to you. He is filled with rage because he knows his time is short. And, brother, that goes all the way back to the first prophecy spoken out of the mouth of God. I am going to crush your head in the last days. We're in the last days, brother. Satan knows his time is short. And you can see his rage, his demonic outpouring spilling all over the world. Amen. The book is Gods of Ground Zero. You can get a copy by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. Pastor Carl, I've read your books and followed your ministry for years. I really, really appreciate you, and thank you so much for being on the program. I look forward to your next book and speaking with you again. Thank you, James. It's my honor. God bless you and the audience. I enjoyed it immensely. Get the complete two-day conversation, Gods of Ground Zero, with Carl Gallups by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Pastor Larry Spargimino has a brand new book that he is debuting today, Needless Death, COVID Corruption Control. Listen carefully to what Pastor Larry has to share and what he has discovered about the current COVID crisis. In 1 Timothy 4.1, the Apostle Paul warns that at the end of this age, there will be great deception. Specifically, many people will be deceived by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 
and we certainly see deception everywhere in the world today. One of the things that we work to do here on the Watchman on the Wall is to make sense of the nonsense and bring clarity to the chaos. For almost 25 years, our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, has been right here fighting on the front lines against the devil's deception that is all around us. Dr. Spargimino has just finished a new book that exposes some of the deception that we see coming from the current COVID-19 crisis. The book is called Needless Death, COVID Corruption Control. And Dr. Spargimino is here in the studio to talk with me about it. Pastor Larry, thanks so much for sitting down with me to answer some questions and talk about needless death. James, it's a great honor and a real blessing for you and I to work together, especially in exposing something that's wicked. And I do want to read our ministry verse, Isaiah 21, 6. For thus hath the Lord said unto me, Go, set a watchman. Let him declare what he seeth. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're declaring what we see. Amen. Now, you wrote Needless Death in about one week, and the book is about 120 pages in length. You must believe that COVID-19 and the vaccine mandate are very important. Well, yes, this is a very important issue. And I must say, I have never worked under such an inner compunction because this is demonic and this is devilish. You know, one of the most important issues our country and the entire world has ever faced. I mean, it's COVID-19 and this medical cover-up. Let's face it, this pandemic has encircled the earth in about a month. It has crippled economies, closed churches, separated families. It is a disaster of epic proportions. And the way it's being treated by the medical bureaucracy, I believe, is criminal evil and wrong. We want to expose it. I believe COVID-19 is real. It's certainly not a hoax. I know of people who have died from it. However, I also know people who have survived and very quickly bounced back, even older people with comorbidities. Why are there so many people in the medical community who refuse to prescribe medications for their patients that work? Let me emphasize that. We have medications that work but they're not being prescribed. They are effective, they are inexpensive, and yet they are being maligned. Those who promote them are being criticized. It is unbelievable. One medication is HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, and the other is ivermectin. Most doctors will tell you that these medications don't work. They have bad side effects. Ivermectin is a horse dewormer and not for people. That's what they tell you. There were two reports that people were poisoned by ivermectin, but both of these reports were later withdrawn. They were simply not true. And I should say that the largest state in India that has 240 million people, they have no COVID deaths because guess what? They use ivermectin. I mean, it's amazing. So, Why are we not using cheap, effective medicines? Why are we allowing thousands of people to die? Why are credentialed medical doctors and scientists who are actually saving lives, why are they scorned? Why are they ridiculed? So, Brother James, I believe this is something of epic proportions. I believe when attorneys start suing hospitals and start tightening the screws, I think we're going to see a lot of clarity on this. But I must say, 
that YouTube, for example, this information is being censored. You know, I'm an American. I've lived here all my life. I'll be 80 shortly. And the idea that important news like this is being censored, I can't believe it. For example, there was a health and freedom conference televised in Colorado Springs. It's called Kill Shot. It's the truth of the COVID vaccine. It went on YouTube and was immediately taken off. So as an American, I'm not used to having this kind of news squashed. What's going on? Well, I can tell you from John 8:44, Satan is a liar and a murderer. So we're seeing lies and we're seeing needless deaths. That's why I wrote this 120-page book. I was here day and night and spent the night at the office writing it because I want our listeners to know the truth. And we want to empower people so they can talk to their doctors. And I know a lot of doctors are scorning their patients. We'll get to this later on. But this is serious, serious material. Well, you mentioned credentialed, medically trained physicians. Are there medical doctors and virologists who are credentialed and medically trained who support the use of HCQ and ivermectin? Yes, indeed. And they have had a high level of success in seeing COVID sick patients improve and survive. Dr. Keith Rose, MD, now there's a transcript of the interview I did with him attached to our book. Dr. Keith Rose is a medical doctor. He's one of them. He has treated 3,000 patients and everyone survived, even one who was 90 years of age. Can you imagine? I understand from Dr. Rose, I did a program with him. He had, well, comorbidities. At 90 years of age, you've got a lot of problems. Dr. Stella Emanuel, a physician in Houston, has a clinic, Rehoboth Clinic. She's treated 7,000 patients. Out of 7,000 COVID sick patients, eight died. Now, that's a pretty good success story, much better than those who have been treated with standard protocol. There is a group of medical professionals and doctors known as America's Frontline Doctors. Their web address is americasfrontlinedoctors.org. Dr. Simone Gold is both an MD and a JD who heads up the organization. They are highly critical of the medical bureaucracy and big pharma and the Biden vaccine mandate. So yes, there's a lot of information that's come out. If you're just tuning in today, my guest is Pastor Larry Smargimino, and we're talking about his book, Needless Death, COVID Corruption Control. You can get your own copy by calling 1-800-652-1144. That number once again is 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online at swrc.com. This book will challenge you to develop a sanctified skepticism against big government, big pharma, and organizations with globalist ties. We're going to continue to talk about this book in weeks to come. Pastor Larry Spargimino's explosive new book, Needless Death, COVID Corruption Control, is available right now for a gift of $20 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Get copies for your family, your co-workers, those who are anxious and confused. Needless Death, by Larry Spargimino. Get your copies today. Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order the new book, Needless Death, online at swrc.com. 
We also have the books Gods of Ground Zero by Carl Gallups and Michael Hoggard's DVD set, The Seeds. Get both of these resources for a gift of $35 or more when you call toll-free 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can always order online, swrc.com. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.